Okay, friends, I have a question for you. Do you get cranky? Okay, maybe that's not even a fair question because all of us get cranky once in a while. And that's what we're going to be talking about today on Walk It Out. Today, the guest is Becky Kapitsky. And we're going to be talking about her book, The Cranky Mom Fix. Now, I think it's coming in perfect timing because I don't know about you, but this is what my summer looks like so far. Kids run in, they want a snack. Kids run outside, they slam the door, they get dirty, they drag in dirt when they come back in looking for another snack. I'm trying to get some work done. They want to go to the pool. I'm trying to take a nap. They want attention. It is crazy. And I try not to get cranky. I mean, it's summer. This is supposed to be fun. But I do get cranky to hear the door slam and slam and slam. Or hearing those famous words, Mom, I'm bored. I want to do something. We are going to be talking about how we can really deal with our own attitudes when it comes to dealing with our kids. Now, one of my favorite things that we talk about, and it really was something I'd never even heard about before until I read it in Becky's book, and that is hammer words versus paintbrush words. And we're going to be talking about what that means and how it can impact our kids. And really, it's about using God's word. Are we going to use God's word as a hammer word or a paintbrush word? And I just love how Becky shares about that today. Mostly, I love how she just really tells us that it came out of her own weaknesses that she is sharing her heart on this. And it reminds me when my book, um, Calming Angry Kids came out when my daughters was like, you're welcome. And I said, what was that for? She said, well, if we weren't angry, you wouldn't have a book. So I guess, Becky, if we, if you weren't cranky and if we all weren't cranky, maybe we wouldn't have this book. But I'm so thankful that Becky is here to address something that we all deal with, all the crankiness. So I hope you will be encouraged. But before that, I want to mention something that is really a gift to you. So if you go to my website, trishagoyer.com, there will be a pop-up and I have a free seven-day writing course for you. Now, maybe you have considered writing a book or starting to blog, writing magazine um, articles. Maybe your life story is something that people tell you all the time. I need a book about this. You need to share it. I want to read about this. I'm telling everybody about your story. Um, Or maybe you were like me, who was that little girl who would be at the library all the time and would just take home tons of library books, would get caught up in stories. I remember when I was uh, probably in the sixth grade, I was coming home from the library and flying down this hill with two Um, plastic bags of books on the handlebars and all of a sudden I found myself flipping over the bicycle because the books on the front weighed more than me and ended up crashing. Um, That is my great experience of uh, really books causing a lot of trauma in my life but If you're that kid like me that loved to read and thought, maybe someday I could write a book, I want to encourage you. So if you just go to trishagoyer.com, there will be a pop-up that is a seven-day writer's challenge. And it's for free, and I just want to challenge you to learn how to improve your writing and create consistent daily writing practice. And um, I 
just guide you through on steps you can take, how to find your life theme, how to make white space in your schedule, and just dip your toe into the water. Um, and I am there to encourage you. There's activities for you to do. And if you reply to the email and you tell me how you're doing, and it will be me, I will be responding to you. Um, just encouraging you and cheering you on. So check out that seven day writers challenge. And I hope that you will be encouraged by that. But for now, let's talk about the cranky mom fix. So here we go with Becky Kapitsky. You're listening to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer, where we discover what it looks like to follow God and be swept away on the journey of a lifetime. Author of over 70 books, mom of 10, yes, 10, homeschooler and speaker, Trisha Goyer will explore what radical obedience to God's word looks like. It's time to hear from God lovers who've dared to say yes. Listen in to heart-to-heart chats and learn how others overcame doubts and fears. Discover how God used ordinary people to impact others one step at a time. If you're ready to get radical, get going, and make a difference in this world, you're at the right place. Here's your host, prolific writer, world traveler, people lover, and mega nap taker, Trisha Goyer. Well, on Walk It Out today, we're going to be talking about one of the harder things of walking it out, and that is kids. Like, life would be so much easier if they would just obey us and do what we wanted, but they don't. And life gets hard, and we get cranky. And we're going to be talking about that today with my guest, Becky Kabitsky. So welcome, Becky. Hi, Trisha. It's fun to be here today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great having you. Now, let's just start by having um, you introduce yourself to my listeners. Yeah, well, my name is Becky, and I am a very average mom who has figured out how to do this parenting thing only with the help of God's Word, because on my own, um, I can be really cranky. (laughs) My husband, Chad, and I have been married for 17 years, and we have two daughters. Clara is 12, and Noelle is 9, and we are full bore into the tween years. And I'm telling you what, this is whole new territory for me. So I've been writing for many years, and I just love to encourage other women to find Jesus in the everyday with the tasks we've been given in our work and our parenting and our marriage. I just love to be an encouraging voice to others to discover that there is joy even in the frustrations, just like I've experienced myself. That is awesome. Okay, you mentioned the tween years. So I have seven girls and three boys. Um, So we've done the tween girl thing. When we first adopted some of the girls, they were... 12, uh, 12 and 11, and then a 14 year old, 15 year old, she just turned 15. And I'm like, what in the world made me think I would adopt at this age? Because, okay, so now we're, we are, see how many, fifth, fifth daughter is in the tween age. She's turning 12, and it's the whatever, and the rolling the eyes, and the talking back. And I know, like, it. I could deal with so much. I could deal with so much yes. with those little, those little attitudes. They kind of make me a cranky mom. Yes, they do. It's, and for me, it's just a matter of the respect. You know, I've just, I feel like I deserve respect, yet sometimes I recognize I need to be giving my kids respect too. And there are times when I feel like I recognize I am the one who is being disrespectful to them, and it makes me wonder. 
wonder where do they learn this disrespect thing from after all. (laughs) true. And I think at that age, like we're used to saying, go pick up your things, go, you know, I mean, we're just used to like, I guess, telling them what to do and they kind of do it. And then all of a sudden they have their own opinions. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And maybe they don't feel like doing the dishes and maybe they can recognize it's time to start arguing against all that stuff. And I recognized at one point that I was becoming that mom who was sort of chasing after my daughter on a constant basis, telling her, pick this up. Don't do that. Uh, you know, I, I told you to put that away. And I was not pleasant to live with. I wouldn't want my mm. husband to treat me that way. You know, I don't want my husband to be barking you know, at me around the house day after day. And so I had to take a step back and look at myself and think, well, maybe I am part of the problem here. Maybe I'm part of the reason that her her tween years are becoming so ugly. Maybe it's because mom is not managing them well. And, and so we, we made a few uh, changes there and it's been better. But that was a revelation for me. Yeah, that's so good. And you talk about in the book, um, Momster. Um, the book, by the way, is The Cranky Mom Fix, which we're going to be talking about um, during the show. But you talk about the momster. And I thought that is so appropriate. And my kids would tell each other, like one would get up and say, okay, what's mom's attitude today? And I heard this like a couple of years into the adoption. I'm like, wait, you guys would like, like, oh yeah, some days you're really cranky. <laughs> like, wait, you would tell each other and then they'd all be prepared. Yeah. Um, and so, and I, I think it is, you know, I mean, there's a lot going on, which you talk about in the book. There's um, spiritual and mental and physical and all these things, but the triggers, you know, once we're maybe kind of worn out, the, you know, it's a long week, and then there'll be those little things that will trigger us. And we already talked about the tween thing, which I'm telling you, the word whatever was outlawed in our home because, like, <laughs> they, could, they could say anything, but as soon as I get the whatever, <laughs> so basically I told them if they say it once, they lose their whole week's allowance. Oh, I mean, that was that was because I knew it was just such a trigger for me. Um, but let's talk about triggers a little bit. I would love to hear more about this. Yeah, well, the triggers are obviously that's what is going to cause the monster to pop out of her shell, right? And I think it's important to understand that those triggers are often not the kids. Sometimes they mm-hmm. are they're within us, and we are the problem. At least we have an underlying issue happening. So in the book, The Cranky Mom Fix, I encourage women to take a look at what really sets them off in a variety of categories. Because now before The Cranky Mom Fix was a book, it was a live coaching program for a group of about 60 women. We went through all of these principles in um, and on videos and, and through Facebook groups, and, and we talked about how to better manage our triggers. And I was really surprised at how many of those ladies didn't even understand what was setting them off. So that's why we start out with this whole idea of first understand what is what is your trigger so that you can be tackling a known adversary, right? We, when you understand better what's setting you off, you can manage it better. So we've got through a variety of categories. And the first is physical. I mean, do you have a headache? Or, you know, is, is it you know, bad time of the month for it to be talking to anybody, right. you know? I mean, there are some real physical issues going on. Chronic pain, my goodness, those dear women who suffer with chronic pain, much more much more likely to be set off and become cranky by things that may otherwise be a little inconsequential. And then, you know, emotional. I am set off, if I've just had an argue with, argument with my husband, I am much less likely to have more patience for anyone else in the house. And and so emotionally, are you grieving? Are you, are you suffering from some worry or anxiety? We've got to examine that as well. And, and then environmental. I mean, is, is it 
too hot outside. I get cranky when you know I'm hot and sweaty because I'm a Wisconsin girl. And so <laughs> that means I can handle 30 below zero. Don't put me out in 95 degrees, right? And it, so what kinds of environmental factors can cause us to be cranky? And are we too busy? Are we distracted? Are we overwhelmed? All of that can come it, it sort of settle into our own hearts so that we are not as strong when we are presented with the problems that our kids will present. Because then one of the triggers, yes, is the kids, their behavior. It's the whatever. And in my case, my tween has changed whatever to, uh-huh. <laughs> and I know, oh. no, that is not okay. And so that alone will set me off. But I first got to handle, take it in a source, ask myself, what, why am, why is this making me so mad? Because you know, a sane woman might be able to manage this a little better, but oh, you know, I know why because I had, you know, I, I'm stressed about something happening with my mom or my sisters, or um, I recognize that I'm, I'm got a lot of deadlines on my desk and I'm just not really mentally present. And so if we can take a look at what is setting off our hearts, we can better manage when the kids set us off with their own behavior. Mm. But it's usually something underlying that is making it worse than we might otherwise manage. Right. And you talk about spiritual too, but before we get to that, I want to go back to the environmental because after we adopted, so we adopted uh, six, seven kids. Wow. I think about wow. how many kids we adopted. Seven kids in five years. Amazing. And, you know, I'm used to having a clean house and everything is pretty organized. <sighs> and then you introduce all these kids and I would just be so frustrated about the laundry and about the shoes. And I realized that okay, this is not going to change. You know, my, my perfectly clean house that I had just because, you know, for a while I had three kids that were older that knew how to pick up themselves. It's not that, you know, it was perfect, but it was, it was pretty neat. But adding all these kids, I had to either get to the point where I stayed up all night long cleaning after them, which was not a reality, or I would just have to learn to like be okay with it. And so really, it came to me saying, okay, things aren't going to change, you know, at least for the next 10 right. years, I still have an eight year old. And oh. so learning to control my own attitude and turning to God, which is the spiritual, the spiritual part, of part of it. Because if we are uh, spiritually empty, like, let's talk about yes. that. Because we are that is I think that's where my cranky comes from. If I have a couple days where I haven't had time to sit with God's word and to pray, that's where the monster comes out. Yes, the most. because it's God's strength that we're working within. It's not our own. And when we start to when we get drained because we've not had time with God, when we have not allowed ourselves to be in an environment of accountability with other fellow believers, uh, when we become isolated from our spiritual center, which is the Lord, it is very easy to be set off because we d- we are we're losing the power the source the power source of the of patience i mean think of the fruit of the spirit it's kindness it's love it's patience and and those are the things we want to demonstrate toward our kids those are the things we want to share with our kids but when we're drained spiritually those resources are depleted as well. At least uh, we feel as though they are. And so we start to depend more on our emotions than we do on the truths of what we know of God and his word. And when we are depending on our emotions, uh, there's you know not a lot of good is going to happen in that. <laughs> and so we've got yeah. to make sure that we're still connected to the source of truth so that 
we feel as though uh, spiritually we are sound and we have, you know, received the strength and the energy. I used to pray all the time, like, Lord, just give me a supernatural degree of energy today because I just do not have it within myself. And, you know, my kids are keeping me up and, and, and especially with littles, life is really crazy. And so I would pray for supernatural degree of energy and God would give it to me every time. But if we lose sight of that, where is our energy coming from? We're so easily drained, which makes us cranky. Yeah. Now, you know, I love, I mean, this book, we're going to get into some more of the tips in a minute. And I love that you wrote it because I think it's something that, you know, maybe we could, we know we're cranky. We can see when our friend's cranky, <laughs> but it's not like an everyday conversation that we have. I would just love to hear kind of what kind of led up to you realizing like this is something that we need to address, not only in my friends, but in myself oh, absolutely. too. Well, I, the, that's an interesting point because I, for a while, assumed that I was the only mom who was feeling this way because it isn't something we Mm. talk about openly. Or if we do, we almost talk as though it's just a normal part of parenting. And so uh, there's nothing I can do about it, you know, or I feel as though I'm entitled to be cranky because, you know, these kids, they're just, they make me that way. But, but that, that's not actually true. They can, they can be a trigger if, and if we are not fueled, like we just talked about, we can be very easily set off by the kids' behavior. Um, but the first thing is to, recognize that it's a choice we make. And I, early on in parenting, recognized that I was, uh, I did not have the patience I wanted to have with my kids. I was a yeller. I'm, I like to say now I'm a reformed yeller, but, and I had no idea where that was coming from, Trisha, because this is not, I thought this is not who I am. Uh, but it was, it's our sin nature comes out when it's pushed. Right. And so I saw I needed to be better soaked with the positive so that when I was squeezed, that's what would come out. And I was feeling soaked in so much negative because I was allowing all of my triggers to take over. And I went through a process of exploring God's word to figure out well, what does God say about it? And it, it, why am I feeling this way? How am I better supposed to handle myself? And out of that came years of exploration and digging into the word. And I was able to get a handle on my crankiness. And this, so I feel like this is this is power right here that other moms need to know. First of all, we're not alone. We may not talk about it very often, but we're definitely not alone. I've been overwhelmed by the number of moms who have come out of the woodwork saying, this is how I feel, what you've written in this book. This is exactly what's happening to me. I'm so glad that I'm not the only one. And so I feel like a little bit of vulnerability on my part um, is what is has allowed me to move forward and, and bless other women with the truth that th- has happens to all of us, but it started with my own journey of being that cranky mom and not wanting to be that way. I used to wonder, where's the joy? Everybody said that family Mm. life was supposed to have so much joy. And so I am on this mission to help us all reclaim joy so that we can enjoy our kids more than we scold our kids. Yeah. And, you know, I always thought with my first three kids, I'm like, I'm a pretty calm mom. I don't really yell. And then God's like, here, try these kids. (laughs) And I'm like, where is this coming from? But it's so, I love what you said. Like, it's in the inside and God wants us to work on it. He's going to, you know, he wants us to not just, you know, okay, I'm just cranky and that's how things are going to be and look at the circumstances. And of course, any mom would be cranky under these circumstances, but really to change. And what I love, and I think, I mean, these two pages, it's page 61 and 62 in your book are just gold. And I'm just going to read through this um, where it talks about how to repair a nasty mom fail. Because like, this is gold right here. It says, first, humble yourself. 
Um, then acknowledge your mistake, ask for forgiveness, hold your child responsible, um, brainstorm solutions together, and then finally remind your child that they are loved. And I found when I got so tired of having to go and do that, (laughs) of humbling myself and acknowledging my mistakes and asking for forgiveness, and then let's figure out this solutions for this, then I realized, okay, something has to change because I'm getting tired of like three times a day having to go to my kids. But I love that. But the one part that I really like is when you talk about brain uh, brainstorm solutions together, because so many times we do feel like it's just the way I am or it's the way my mom was or this is just whatever, instead of really figuring out what the solutions are and turning to, to things like this book yes. for help. And, you know, I really like to talk with my kids about, okay, mom is having a hard time here. How can we work together? to fix it. You know, how can we work together? What can you do? To, knowing that today mom is really predisposed to being tired and that makes me cranky. Um, can you help me out by folding that laundry the first time I ask you? Or can you help me out by um, trying to be loving toward each other and not fighting over the iPad or whatever? And, and then I will try to help you out by responding when you ask me a question and not being too distracted. We, you know, and, and it's all age appropriate because some, right. you can have certain conversations with older kids you can't have with younger kids. But, but we would be very open and honest about here's what mom is struggling with and will you pray with me? And then let's talk about how we can help each other today. Uh, and I don't think there is anything weak about those types of open conversations with our kids, right. humbling ourselves. Um, I think in my case, it has only helped my kids understand that mom depends on Jesus. So I can depend on Jesus too. Uh, you know, we're, none of us is superhuman. None of us is perfect. Perfection is not what we're going for. Faithful is our goal, not perfection, faithful. And humbling ourselves, becoming vulnerable with our kids, that is teaching them to be faithful in ways that my perfection never could. Mm-hmm. And I think so many times we want them to behave in ways that we don't even do. <laughs> yes. Like, talk nice to your sibling. Don't be snarky. Don't whatever. And then we're like snapping yes. at them. <laughs> it's like, if we can't do it. Like, how are we going to expect our kids to do it? And I love how you talk about how to give them the tools to do this and how to also teach them to turn to God for strength. And I think one of the things that helped our family the most is just realizing like, yeah, you can't do these things. Mom can't do these things. We can't be loving and patient and kind and gentle and all these things without God. And it's the fruit of the Holy Spirit, you know, turning to him and, and seeking him. And so it was something we daily prayed about together as a family, as I got ready to homeschool my kids, that we would let the fruit of the spirit come through us because we have God in us. You know, it's, that's a teaching moment. That's something that they're going to look back and remember. And I think instead of just trying to get them to perform or act a certain way so they won't get into trouble, it really has to go back to the heart. Yes, it does. It's all rooted in the heart. And and what is our goal really? Is our goal to have kids who behave all the time or is our goal to have kids who recognize they need Jesus? And sometimes it takes misbehavior for them to recognize their need for Jesus. And same for us moms. You know, we've got to recognize our own misbehavior shows, you know, how much we need Jesus. And, And as a family, can we just be real about that? together. That's so good. Okay. Another part when I was skimming through the book, when I first got it, and 
one chapter stood out to me the most. I'm like, oh, let's talk about this. Because I really haven't seen it addressed in a book very much. But I think it is so important. And it's your chapter six. Your child is not you. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is so much yes. of the problem. My, I, and I, again, would say, you know, going back, my biological kids are more like me. We like to read. We can sit after dinner and talk about, you know, crazy stuff for 30 minutes. And, and I heard about this today. And did you know in history, blah, blah, blah. That's just our personality. And then we adopted kids who are completely different. So, well, some are similar to me, but just their attitudes, they're loud. They just laugh loud. They're just like, they live out loud type of people where I'm like, wait, wait, we're the quiet, reserved, like bookwormy yeah. type of family. And where do these kids come from? They just want to be on the go. They want to be out. They want to be moving out. You know, and I'm like, okay, this is so different. Having kids that are different than me, and I think sometimes we think that different no. is bad. No. <laughs> different is like we need to mold them. So talk a little well, bit about that. And that all comes down to recognizing who God created your child to be. And it may be vastly different from our own personality. And I've made many mistakes along the way thinking that my kids, first of all, need to be like me or it's wrong. Or secondly, they need to be as mature as I am or it's wrong, which is and neither is true. So when we're talking about understanding that our kids are not us, it's first of all, how did God Wire your child and then nurture that child, not the one you imagined you were going to have. But you know, did God create your child to have different interests from you, to um, have a different way of looking at the world from you, and and become a student of your child? Let's all understand who our kids are at the core, who God created them to be, and then nurture that child. And secondly, let's allow for age appropriate behavior because you know. Foolishness, folly is bound up in the heart of a child. And, and yes, it's our job to drive it out. It's our job to teach them and to help them grow into maturity. But for many, many years, they are on this journey. They are not adults. They don't think like adults do. They don't behave like adults do. They don't understand the parameters that adults have in life. And in many ways, that is a huge blessing because kids are uninhibited in ways right. that we aren't. And so what can we learn from our kids and how can we look at them and say, this is who God created you to be? And I know that I'm not expecting you to be as mature as I am. So how can I g give you some grace for being a child and yet uh, with kindness and gentleness raise you up to be a child, you know, to, to be the mature type of adult that God intends you to be one day. Uh, but I, you know, I've got two, two girls and they are vastly different from each other. I see some of me in each of them, but one is definitely much more her dad, and one is much more me. And the way I parent them has to be adjusted sometimes. We have the same values, we have the same rules, but I've got to recognize one of my children has a propensity for things that are, interest me, another doesn't. And that doesn't mean those are wrong. Different does not mean wrong. And sometimes I just have to go to dad and say, look, you understand her in a way that I don't. How can, we, how can you help me figure this out? But with the, my older daughter, who's more like me, there are times when what I'm seeing in her are things I dislike in myself. And so I'm harder on her for mm -hmm. it because she is so much like me. And it's almost like, baby, I want to save you from yourself because this has not worked well for me. It is not <laughs> going to work well for you. But I've got to let her have space to discover on her own. She can learn from my mistakes, but she's also got to make her own. And she's got to figure this life out on her own with my guidance. But I cannot be her. I cannot save her from everything. She's on a journey just like, uh, you know, we all have been and continue to be. Yeah, that is so good. And it makes me think of 
Um, well, first of all, because we've adopted uh, a lot of them, even though they're they're certain age, they don't even act that age. So the therapist says, you know, I mean, if they're 13, it's yeah. like a nine or 10 year old. Like, and so first of all, not only are they not mature like adults, they're not like even a, mature like their yeah. own ages at times. Um, but then there's the personality part of it where one of my daughter is always just singing really loud and being really goofy and just like, I mean, part, some of it's obnoxious, <laughs> but some of it's just, you know, 14 year old uninhibited she'll talk to anybody she'll run up to anyone and I'm like okay this child is so opposite from me and one day I just like was praying about just because she just annoyed me because just I don't know she's just such a different personality than I am and God's like okay that's who I made her to be and so we were driving one day and we were going to a karate class and I said you know what you would make the most amazing kindergarten teacher. Like you would just be like Miss Frizzle and you would just dress up every day and you'd be on the floor with the kids and you would be like a you know ball of energy and never stop being. And she like loved that so much. And I realized like, I've been saying like, right. calm down, like control yourself instead of just seeing that maybe she will be this amazing yes. kindergarten teacher and God put that stuff into her. And I need to celebrate those things. And instead of saying like, I'm just so overwhelmed. Right. By this Can we child? affirm the positive? Because in every every characteristics that uh, the characteristic that our kids have, or that we have for that matter, we can it can be used for good or it can be used for bad, right? And so let's find the positive angle to those things that annoy us about our kids, and let's affirm that, right? I mean, my older daughter has tremendous leadership abilities, which you know, in in other terms, might come off as bossy. <laughs> so, you know, and, and I still remember her preschool te- parent teacher conference. The teacher told us she has tremendous leadership abilities. And we looked at her and she said, that means she's bossy, but we are going to look at it as she is going to grow into this wonderful leader. And I learned early on to look at those negatives and see the positive. And it becomes part of my job to nurture her, to channel those characteristics in a positive God honoring way. And is that a challenge? Absolutely. But is it a wonderful opportunity and a privilege? Yes, it is that too. So it depends on, it's just a matter of how are we going to look at this? Yeah. My, um, daughter who's our second born is so strong-willed and if I gave her the blue cup she went the red cup and I mean she wanted this dress if I wanted pants I mean she was everything was just so strong-willed and my mother-in-law told me she said that my husband was like that she said but if you set them in the right way like nothing will sway them and that was true with my husband's in the Marine Corps and he's a Christian all the way through and would just you know bring people to Christ and share his faith and like never swayed never (laughs) did all the bad stuff you hear you know in the military but then my daughter's like, okay, I need to encourage this leaders, these leadership skills, this strong will. And sure enough, she started college early. She graduated early. She moved as a missionary. And God's like, see, I needed yes. her to be strong for all these other things. And so just realizing that, okay, yes, we do need them to obey us. But instead, of, I would just say, what color cup do you want? Like, instead of fighting over a cup yes. for 20 minutes, just like realizing that they are strong willed. For a purpose, and God yes. is going to and teach to them that. to make wise decisions, right? Instead of saying you will drink from the red cup, mm-hmm. okay, well you can have a choice, and I'll affirm your choices because I want to teach you to make wise decisions, uh, and and you avert a disaster in the meantime. <laughs> right, exactly. 
which is um, something else I want to talk about because I never heard these phrases before, which I love. And that's the difference between hammer hammer words yes. and paintbrush words. So let's yeah. talk a little bit about that. Well, Tell the whole principle behind that. hammer words and paintbrush words is that we ought to be using God's word to train up our kids. However, how many of us default to using God's word only in discipline? And we want our, to teach our kids to see mm-hmm. the full picture of God. And so hammer words are using scripture um, to pound a, a nail in the wall. Ham, the hammer will pound the nail in the wall and it will it'll nail our kids for doing wrong. But paintbrush words transform the wall. They're not just pounding into it. They transform it. So we want to be using scripture as paintbrush words, meaning use scripture also to affirm our kids and to teach them the opposite choice to their behavior. So let's say the kids are uh, acting up and bickering as siblings. So we can nail them for the fact that they are bickering and tell them you know, what, what God's word says about discord. But or we could choose to talk to them about what God's word says about peace, because peace there would be the opposite choice. So instead of nailing them for the infraction, let's let's show them what God's word says about the opposite choice that they could make, which is to live in harmony and to live in peace. And so the book contains a variety of topics or challenges that our kids will face and will face in parenting them. And it gives us a list of paintbrush words for the opposite portion in scripture. So maybe the kids are struggling with lying, telling lies, telling what they think are little fibs. And so we could nail them for the lying, which is the hammer word, or we could use paintbrush words and talk to them about what God says about those who have honest lips. So it's just a matter of looking at it from, are we trying to teach our kids that they're wrong and they're naughty? Are we trying to teach them that God gives us the choice to be the opposite? And so are we using scripture to make Jesus a killjoy, or are we using it to show them that God is involved in the positive aspects of our lives as well? So we want them to see the full picture of God. If we're only using scripture as hammer words, they're going to think that God is nothing but a cop. You know, he's 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 got the billy club and he's ready to pound it on their heads. But if we use scripture also in terms of positives and in discipline, using discipline to teach them opposite truths and opposite choices, then they're seeing the full picture, which is that God also loves them. He affirms them. He is there to help them, to give them wisdom. And that's when they start to recognize God is not just a traffic cop. God is there to guide me as well. Because it's so important to make sure our kids are not thinking that God is just this big guy in the sky waiting to nail them for every mistake. He is so much more than that. And he has so much more grace for them than that. That is so good. And we do scripture writing with the kids. And usually I'll put, I'll put like... Um, do everything without yes. complaining or <laughs> arguing. And yes. that's the verse we're going to write today. But I love this. I love the flip side. And some of the topics are bickering, which the scripture verses you have for this are harmony, disobedience. You have scriptures for obedience, defiance. You have scriptures for respect for authority. And I'm like, this is so good. I'm going oh, to be photocopying <laughs> this page and sticking it up there with our homeschool when we're writing out our scripture verses. Cause I love that. Cause it is, I mean, I, that's one thing I'm guilty of. Okay. We're arguing. Yes. We're going to memorize this verse together, but there's so much beauty in God's truth. And so many times when I'm sitting there reading God's word, it's the, it's the, yeah. the good part of it. The, what I should be right. that really stirs my heart and the Holy spirit speaks to me and not right. like you said, it's not, not 
only saying it's not just do don't do better. this, but there are lots of verses that say do this. Okay, well it's and it's much easier to say right. to the kids, let's do this instead of don't do that. And and yes, both of them need to be used to some degree, but let's not let's make sure not to tip the scales too heavily toward the don't do's, right? Right. Now you mentioned, you know, you went through this with, with a group of women um, and, you know, we're, we're talking about these concepts. What do you think really kind of people clung to the most or really helped them the most as they were I, what, going through this? What surprised me as we went through the program um, is that they recognized they had a choice. So many women lived in this place where they felt like cranky was just the default. And in they had no way out of it. They felt trapped in their uh, um, negative attitudes toward the kids, felt trapped in what they felt like were failures in disciplining or in in trying to find that joy in the family again. Uh, and just for them to discover that not only does God have more for them, but there are practical steps we can take to implement God's word in our lives there was a great sense of freedom for them in that. So just understanding overall, I do not have to be a slave to my cranky feelings. I do not have to be a slave to my child's behavior. I have a choice here and that choice comes through the power of God. So I've got to lean on him first. I've got to find it in him first. Um, but then to understand that I really can affect change in my family and it's up to me through the power of God. We have to make the decision that we are going to lean on him to make these changes. And then it, it takes time. You know, there, there may not be overnight success. I certainly didn't discover overnight success. It was over a period of time practicing these principles that I explore in the book that are drawn from scripture. Over time, they become a natural part of you. And I, it was beautiful to see over the, I think it was eight to 12 weeks that the women did this program, even over that short amount of time, the differences that they saw in their families was tremendous. And so that was so encouraging to me to see that it's really God's word. God's word is the wise uh, advice. It's, it has nothing to do with what Becky wrote. It has everything to do with what does God's word say? And now how do we learn to apply that to our hearts first, and then to our relationships second, and then to our perspective on the future in our families. And, and what kind of family do we want to have in, you know, three, five, 10 years? And so we talk about all of those things in light of scripture. And women found freedom in recognizing they had a choice. And that was really encouraging to me. Mm hmm. I love that. And there's so many practical things. I'm just flipping through it. And I mean, I was like, this would be a whole good thing to work on this <laughs> week. And next week, there's some other stuff. But what I love, I mean, with the practical, um, you mentioned everything is based on scripture. And that's the yeah. let's dig in section. Yeah. So, so let's dig in a is bit. a portion at the end of every chapter where we have what you could just consider discussion questions or reflection questions. But these are really meaty questions. And they dig you into scripture to find more supportive passages in the word to help supplement to help affirm, to help validate what we've just talked about in the chapter. And it gets you digging into God's word so that we can better understand his perspective on the topics we talked about in that chapter and also to help us explore uh, where we stand on it and, and how do we apply that then to our family lives. And the interesting thing, Tricia, is that these 
these dig-ins came as a direct request from the women who went through the live program before The Cranky Mom Fix was a book. They came to me and said, you know, these are really great tips, great principles, but I want to know more about what God's word says about it. So at the end of every chapter, it's Mm -hmm. optional. You can very much read through the chapters without going through the dig-ins. But for those women who really want to make it a deeper Bible study, the dig-in section offers that. And you will gain so much more out of the book if you go through those portions as well. With You can do it by yourself or you can do it with a small group. It's designed for either you know, either approach. Um, there are several women now who are creating book clubs so that they can work together as a group going through those questions as a, um, you know, study discussion, but it can work either way, either personally by yourself or with a group of women, but just to get deeper into God's word, it's not just about let's, let's come up with some sort of on the surface solutions for parenting. It's not that at all. It's all deeply rooted in God's word. And so let's explore where that is and how we are to respond to it. Exactly, because God's word, I mean, that's where yes. th- that's where the transformation happens. Um, you know, we could read like, these are some really great tips. Right? But then I'm like, what did I read yesterday? <laughs> I don't know. But when we are sitting there and when we're having our quiet time and when we're reading God's words and really praying through these things, then that that's kind of the foundation for yes, the tips absolutely. to take root. <laughs> that you need that. You need that transformation yeah. in your heart. And, um, you know, even looking here now, one of them near the back, it says, you know, um, as you go to John fifteen thirteen, in what way does a mother lay down her life for her children? I'm like, that's a month's worth of like thinking about it right there. <laughs> yeah. So, so you can you can make this so, book what you want to get out of it. And it can be a long-term study. It can be a quick read or it can be a long-term study or anywhere in between. But that is, it's designed that way because every woman's going to want to deal with it differently. And it is the kind of book that I want women to be able to go back to when they are facing a certain struggle, when they want to refresh. And you can always find something deeper in God's word about it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Becky, I have just appreciated appreciated you being here so much. It's been a great conversation. I'm really encouraged by this book. I think you've done a good job. Um, Thank you. you. That means so much coming from you. (laughs) You bless me. (laughs) Yeah. Well, um, let my listeners know where they can find you online if they want to get more information about the book. Oh, I appreciate that. The the easiest way to find me is crankymomfix.com. That's where you'll get information specifically about the book and it's easier to spell than my name. So crankymomfix.com will get you information about the book, but I also am blogging regularly at beckykopitsky.com. And I love to encourage women with regular devotions there and all sorts of more information about um, other types of of programs and things and speaking events that I'm uh, where I'll be talking in person with women. And you can always find the latest there. And anyone who wants to subscribe will get a weekly email from me with more encouragement. Just we've got to stick together, us moms and, and wives and women who are in this family life together, this Christian family life. We need to stick together and encourage one another. So that's what you're going to find on my website. Perfect. Thank you so much for being here. And we'll make sure and get all those in the show notes. But I just appreciate what you're doing. And I just Thank appreciate you, Trisha, you sharing you your me. heart it's with been us today. real fun to be here with you. I hope that you have a wonderful summer with your kids. We're working on it. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Wow. I am so thankful for friends who will just put it out there, who really can see our needs and are brave enough to address them. 
I know I struggle with being cranky. I struggle with using the scripture as hammer words sometimes for my kids. I struggle with really being the one to set a good example for my kids. And I am so encouraged. Um, Make sure you check out the show notes to get connected with this book, The Cranky Mom Fix. And I think it would be a great one just to call up a friend, ask her to read it with you. And when you meet at the park or maybe you live across the country, you send uh, text messages or voxes back and forth and really share about this book. Because I think all of us can do a better job at controlling ourselves and controlling our tongue, which leads me to today's um, Walk It Out scripture, which is Ephesians 4.29. And this says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may be a benefit to those who listen. Again, that is Ephesians 4.29. So let me pray for you. Dear God, I thank you so much for every listener out there, Lord. I thank you that um, she or he is taking the time to just be encouraged and hear from um, other parents like Becky who have been there, who have found tools, have really dug into your word to find truths there that can apply to all of us. Lord, I pray that even today as um, I help my kids, encourage my kids, guide my kids, that I will do it in a way that will control my tongue, that I will not be cranky, but I will be filled with joy at the opportunity to serve my family. Lord, I am so thankful that you have brought them into my life. And I pray that you will have wholesome talk, not unwholesome talk, come out of my mouth. I pray that um, my listener and myself can help build others up according to their needs. It's not just about my needs and how people are frustrating me, but really um, I pray that you will help us, Lord, to build others up according to our needs. I pray for my listener. um, Maybe um, she's in an overwhelming time and just all the things are piling up. I pray that she will find peace in you so that she will not be cranky, that she will just know that you have everything in control. So I thank you so much for um, every listener out there, and I pray that you will be a blessing to them today. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, friends, thank you so much for tuning in to uh, Walk It Out. I love connecting with you. If you just want to leave a note, you can just send an email to hello at trishagoyer.com. That's hello at trishagoyer.com. And I would love to hear from you. If you would go over to iTunes and leave a review, that is so helpful. It helps other people find this podcast. Also, there's something else that I want to share about. In a couple weeks, we are going to have some guests. Um, Janet and Jeff Benj are going to be here and they have written my absolute favorite homeschooling resource. And that is the YWAM Missionary Stories books. So you're going to be hearing kind of the behind the scenes um, about their lives, about how they got um into writing the stories and just how the stories have transformed them. You'll hear about some of my favorite books that they've written. Um, some of them include Amy Carmichael, Gladys Alward, Corey Tinboon, William Carey, Adoniram Judson. These are all great books. And I love reading them with my kids. And I was so excited to talk to the authors of these books. But 
Um, that will be in a couple of weeks, but before then I have a special for you. So if you go to the show notes, um, which is just at trishagoyer.com, if you click on podcasts, you will see every show there and the notes that go with them, um, links to the guest information about the podcast. We have the scripture there. There will also be a link to these YWAM missionary storybooks and YWAM and I are getting together to give you some special deals. So we have a bundle of books for a hugely discounted price. Um, you can either get them in paperback book, paperback books or in audiobooks. And I wanted to be able to tell you ahead of time because I know during the summer, if you're going on road trips, these audiobooks would be perfect for that. Or if you're doing read out louds, um, maybe around the campfire or as you're putting your kids to bed to, at night, this would be perfect. So I wanted to make sure that you would check those out. Well, friends, thank you so much for tuning in to Walk It Out. I pray that you will be encouraged. I pray that um, you will just have a wonderful week. And until next time. Thanks for listening to Walk It Out. Head over to the show notes for this podcast and all past episodes at www.walkitoutpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with someone you know who can make a radical difference in the world. We love new friends. See you next time.